I think the one distraction that I know I had early on when I started my business was thinking that if I had better equipment, I could do better content. And it honestly, it does not. Your content is your content. If you're good, you're good. It doesn't matter whether you're using an iPhone or using a $600 camera. Welcome to this episode of Getting Money Right with your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson. And I'm excited in this episode, we're going to have a special guest in the studio as we're talking about small businesses. And we'll be looking at some of the accounting, the marketing, the sales, working with clients. And so today we've invited a good friend of both mine and Leo. His name is Jordan Kennedy. Uh, he is a small business owner in the photography and videography space. He also does media and design work, and he works full-time for a nonprofit that creates media, helping serve married people around the country. So Jordan, just give us a little bit of an intro to who you are. Let the audience know who you are before we jump into talking about small businesses. Yeah, thanks, David. Well, I've been in the media space for about two and a half years now. One of my main strengths is learner, and uh, I feel like that really comes into play with uh owning a small business and just overall being able to uh, pick up things really fast and uh, learn as you go. So I started out doing this out of uh, a passion I had for making videos and just creating content through photography and videography. Uh, one day I just I decided to pick up a camera and watch some YouTube videos, played around a little bit and uh, taught myself how to use it. I enjoy serving people through uh, video production and uh, photography. I really enjoy traveling around, uh, going to events and uh, doing live podcasts and taking photos of those events and uh, managing social media. And my understanding is, is that just about a year ago, not quite the most, the second probably most important thing in your life happened. What's going on family wise these days? Yeah. So my wife and I have been married for five years this month and uh, our son Samuel is almost one years old. Almost one years old. That's amazing. So uh, Samuel is an incredible baby boy and yes. uh, he had to get a mention on the podcast. Your Shout wife Shandell is great too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Well, that's wonderful. Um, well, Leo, as we're looking at small business stuff, where would you start this conversation? Well, I think uh, Jordan really cued us up for it because he said that he found something he enjoyed to do, something he loved to do. And I think that's where you start. You start with what you're naturally good at and you start with passion. If you're going to start a business, you have to be passionate because a business can be a very difficult thing. Yes, it's fun. Uh, when you have a successful business, it's not so much fun when it's being built and when it's difficult. Don't start because it has the potential to make money. Starting a business just so you can make more money is a bad idea. Because if you're going to choose based on how much money you can make, you're probably going to go for something that can make a lot of money. And if you're not naturally good at or passionate about it, maybe you'll get lucky and you'll get successful, but you'll be miserable. Or you'll quit one year in or six months in after you've invested time and money into it. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of folks who do that. They'll start a business. They'll have a great idea. They'll say, oh, this is going to give me a bunch of time off and I'm going to be able to make a lot of money. I'll be able to travel. I'll have more time with my family. Those are all good things. But then they do something that they're not good at or something they're not really passionate about. In the end, they end up quitting. And then they start something else because they have another idea. So really, really think through this. I think it's important to look at who you are, how you're naturally gifted. When I started a financial coaching practice, 
I didn't start it because I thought it'd be a good idea. I did it because it's something that I've lived for so long, and it's something I'm super passionate about. I love to see people win in the area of money. So I knew it was a great need. I knew it's something that I was good at. I've had success with it uh, personally, but also in teaching others. So I jumped into it because I knew that I could be good at it, and I knew that I could do this for the rest of my life. So for me, had to be the passion that drove it. And uh, that's important. When you do the research, more than likely, if it's a niche that serves people, you're going to find people that are already doing it. And that might be discouraging. You might think, oh my gosh, I'm already too late. There's already a bunch of people doing it and doing it well. Well, you know, I've got like a guy like Dave Ramsey to compete with. So I might as well just quit, right? (laughs) Well, no, of course not. Because my message is my message. My experience is my experience. So if you find a niche that has a lot of speakers, a lot of experts, that's a good thing. That means that there's a market for it. So just go for it. You'll you'll have your own voice, your own story. And to focus on one thing until successful, I think that's probably the most important thing when you get started. Don't try to do a bunch of stuff. Just focus on one thing. What is that you want to do? Find out how to monetize it and then just start to build one bridge at a time. That's kind of the way I like to say it. If you build one bridge, you get to the other side, you get to get some money, now you can go across the bridge and build another bridge and so on and so on. I learned that from somebody. So <laughs> I think it's just important to do that, but you have to start with a, a good niche, something you're passionate about. Yeah, that's great. I really want to echo that uh, if you're not doing something you're passionate about and you run into a roadblock, you're going to stop and you're going to give up and you're going to turn and change directions. But if you're pursuing something that you're passionate, you really feel like it serves people well, it fulfills you personally, then when you hit those roadblocks, you're going to keep pushing through. And one of the pieces of small business is that it takes a while to grow it. I mean, you're planting seeds that some of the stuff you do today, you won't see some fruit from for years. Some you will right away, but some, the real the real magic of it is down, down the road it's the years that you've invested and all of a sudden those initial leads and those initial relationships and those mm-hmm. initial ideas that you had at the beginning, they become really fruitful. But sometimes it takes time for that to happen. And if you start off doing something just to make money and it doesn't go where you want it to and you give up, you're going to miss out on that long-term growth. So I think really the basic thing that you've got to start with is just setting clear goals. Uh, you know, if you're going to go through and do something you're passionate about, well, don't just say, hey, I want to want to go do personal finance or I want to go uh, create a videography, you know, global empire. You have this <laughs> vision, but how, what are you going to do? What do you do this year? You need a one year goal. You need a three year goal. You need a five year goal. You've got to put something on paper. How much do you need in income this year to maintain your current lifestyle? or to purchase some equipment that you've been wanting for the business. You've got to set a goal and say, this year I'm going to make uh, $10,000. And so every quarter I need to go out and make $2,500. Or I've got a goal for 100000 And so every quarter I've got to go out and make 25000 And if I'm going to make 25000 well, then how many sales do I need to make? Mm-hmm. You know, what's my expenses and what's my revenue? If I can sell one product for... well, I'm going to go ahead and need to sell six of those because I'll also have $5,000 in expenses. So in expenses, (laughs) I've got, you know, 5,000, I go sell six of them, I've earned 30, but I've got expenses that take me back to 25. So really understand how much do you really need to sell? How many, um, how many items do you need to purchase? How many items do you need to sell? How many gigs do you need to book? How many speaking engagements, whatever your industry is, you've got to lay it down and say, okay, what do I want to accomplish this year? Uh, You can't manage 
what you don't measure. And if you're not measuring it, then you're not going to have success. Uh, your success really relies on defining measurable goals. And if you don't document those goals and you don't go back to them from time to time and assess if you've really hit those goals, yeah. then over time, you're going to just start to fall away. And I think it's, it's just like budgeting. You know, when you create a budget and a plan, you set the goal, you put the plan in place, but then you go track it and you continuously follow up and look back and back at it. Absolutely. Good stuff. Jordan, when you started your business, what were the what were your goals? How did you think about starting the business and what were some of the specific goals that you set for yourself? Yeah, well, of course, I had financial goals that I, I wanted to meet and hopefully exceed. But uh, one of the, the big goals that I had was to just be professional uh, coming into the into the business new. Um, the, you could say the DFW market is flooded with creatives and photographers and graphic designers and all of that. But um, I wanted to, to be as legitimate as I possibly could when I first came into it. So that meant having a solid social media examples of my work, even if they weren't from real clients, I needed to have work to show people that I could take an idea and form it into something that's actually presentable. That's good. Um, and I always wanted to have a clear and concise communication with the people I was working with. Um, and that meant staying away from the handshake as I like to call it, uh, and always use a written contract when you're working with people. And don't be afraid to say no, especially if it's outside of that contract that that you had with someone and they come back to you with revision after revision on a video, for example. Just make sure that you are getting paid for that work or you say no, and it's okay to say that. Yeah, and you're setting up a business and you have to have healthy boundaries because people right. in business are going to push back mm -hmm. and they're going to push back. And yes. and that's okay because it's a transactional relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, you're serving me, I'm serving you back by giving you dollars. Mm -hmm. Well, if somebody is going to pay you for something and they think they can get a little bit more out of the deal, yeah. they're probably going to push. I mean, it is business. And so, yep. so to go in professionally, set the contract up and say, you know, I'm here to serve you. Here's right. the guideline of that. Here's what I can offer you for the dollar amount that mm -hmm. we're talking about. And having that in paper, in writing, I think that's really cool. And, and I love, you know, the handshake deal is great, but this is where the rubber meets the road. Right. You say, no, we're not, we're not just going to talk about it. Let's do something about it. Yeah. And you begin to exchange not just dollars, but you put that contract in place. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that I've noticed that's really helpful, uh, and it took me a while to learn this, was the, the overall branding feel to your business and that your business needs to have almost, a, it's called a style guide, but a guide to the style or a guide to the branding that you're going to use in your business. So with Leo and I, even with getting money right, you know, we have a specific set of colors that we use. We have a palette mm -hmm. of colors that we use in our branding, oh, that's of great. colors yeah. that we use in our social media. We've got specific fonts. So the font is going to be the same across different platforms. When you go to Leo's website and look at the podcast, you'll see a certain font. When you yeah. go to our social media and on Facebook, you know, he's posting about it, I'm posting about it. That font is still the same. Mm -hmm. And so you get this feel over time that, oh, that's getting money right. Yeah. And if we use the same color, but a totally different font, people would notice and it would feel weird. Or if we use the same font, but different colors, yeah. what we're doing is creating brand loyalty. And we're also establishing a promise with our clientele saying, if you come to getting money right, you're going to get a consistent, yeah. clean looking product that that is going to be similar everywhere you go. So you can't, you're not going to run into something unexpected with us. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you something consistent and clean. And so uh, I think it, that's important. It's important in what I do professionally. 
Uh, we've got a style guide for our department so that everything that we do is branded and people know who we are and why we're doing it. Uh, I think that when you're looking at that, you also want to talk about the feel of the pictures that you're going to use when you're marketing. The feel of if you're having people in the pictures, are they smiling? Mm -hmm. Are they serious? Are you doing sunsets and beautiful colors or are you doing muted tones? Okay. Have a feel for that. That guide needs to come out and say, here's my color palette. Here's my fonts. Here's the feel and look of my business. And it sounds a little bit you know, crazy to be thinking about that stuff so early on. But what you're doing is creating a promise to your customer about who you are. We're a happy company. We, we invite smiles. We're a serious company. Mm -hmm. We bring in darker colors and we're, we're very serious about managing your finances. Yeah. We're, we're very serious about the, this photography or, you know, we're light and we're airy and we're going to take pictures of your kids and you're going to love it. Or we're going to create the, you know, what is the brand that you want your company to express to others? And what are the products that you want to give away to others? Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, I'm uh, curious, how did you organize? You said that you wanted quality to be something that was right from the get go when you connected with a potential client. Mm -hmm that they would notice that your quality was different or right. that, that it stood out. So mm -hmm. tell me, how did you do that? How did you set yourself up so that when people came to your site or when they sat in front of your work, that's what they received? Well, when I first started, I think that I had to put a lot of time into things that I didn't get paid for. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think it was necessarily a bad thing. Um, I did a lot of internships as well. Uh, they were unpaid. And I did a lot of jobs where they were unpaid or maybe somewhat paid, but not very much. Definitely yeah. not for the work. L let me stop you for a second. This is really, really good. Uh, I hope our listeners are hearing this because sometimes starting a business means that you have some learning to do. And what I just heard you say is that you did some interns and you didn't worry about, oh, I'm going to make money at this. You're like, I, I want to learn. I want some practice. I want right. to get better at this. Yeah. So you took the initiative to intern at places that would give you that opportunity so you can do it. Yes. Uh, I think that's great. I think that's really important for people to hear. Uh, whatever business you're planning on going into, why not serve at a business like that for a while, for exactly. a season that you can learn? I was reading an article just uh, today about someone who had a business idea. And while she was building the business idea, she was doing all the research, meeting with potential clients, with people that were going to produce this product. But in the meantime, she kept a job at her current company for two years while she's building this business. And the yeah. reason she did it was twofold. One, she wanted to make sure that she had the income while she's building this business. But more importantly, she was learning from this business. Mm -hmm. She was learning how to do certain things. She had the opportunity to grow so that when she stepped on her own, she had profit from the get-go. Yeah. And that's such an important thing that you don't just jump out there and trying to figure it out while you're also trying to make an income is that you take those opportunities to say, hey, for a while, I'm going to work for free mm -hmm. because this is going to pay huge dividends on the end. So that's, that's really crucial. Right, right. So another way that I made sure the, the products I was creating were quality was that I sought advice from people that were more seasoned than me. And uh, I reached out to people, whether I was going to work with them or not, instead of to, to, you know, hold up a sign and say, hire me, I would say, hey, can I just learn from you? Or will you critique the things that I have? Mm. Tell me what will make those things better. And then I would try and outdo myself on every project after that wow. until I started being satisfied with the work that I was doing. Uh, another important thing is to just stay organized. And I feel like a lot of creatives struggle with the administration portion mm. of running a small business. Yeah. And uh, they can get a little crazy and their or their organization can be kind of thrown around a little bit there. Yeah. So especially when it comes to taxes and uh, receipts and invoicing and 
uh, yeah, there's just a lot of paperwork that you so have to manage. You, how did you tackle that? <laughs> so I actually used a uh, website called waveapps.com. Uh, they offer invoicing and it's actually completely free, believe it or not, but you can go in there and input all of your information and you kind of make a template with colors and uh, your address and then you add customers and then you just type in the little fields that are on the screen and say, I did this work, I did it for this many days and this was the rate. Hmm. And then you can leave a little note at the bottom and say thank you and then you can export it as a PDF and it looks like a professional document. So it's great. So that's a great, great reference right there, folks. If you want to use that or, or just find ways that you can get organized so that as you're starting your business, as you're starting to add clients, that you're not falling behind on the administration side, which leads me into the next thing that I think is important with starting and running a business, and that's to, to delegate whenever possible. Now, early on when you're starting a business, it's hard to delegate because you're the only guy. You're, yeah. you're, you're doing everything. You're One the man guy. band. Exactly. <laughs> And so it's hard. And then if you're thinking about hiring somebody to do some part of it, that's a cost. And if you're not making any money yet or making very little, it's hard to share that. But that's why it's so important to have a little bit of margin is because it gives you that ability to say, hey, yes, I can do the invoicing. Right. Yes, I can do this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I can do everything, really. If I just need a YouTube video to show me how to do it. <laughs> but ultimately, is that the best use of your time? My guess is in your case, Jordan, it's not the best use of your time to do the invoice and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. If you are freed up so you can do more videos, more projects, you can make more money and you can pay somebody to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's important to understand what your strengths are and focus on those. Uh, do the things that only you can do. Mm, that's really that's important. So yes, early on, you may have to juggle a few things, but as soon as you can, delegate. This will also grow and make your business more profitable in the long run. Delegate the administrative stuff or anything else that you're not good at. And, um, you know, hiring people may cost you money, but if they're doing it better than you can do it and they can do it faster, yeah. in the end, it's going to end up making a, a profit for you. So I think it's important to, to do that. Yeah, this is really just economics 101, where if I'm really good at something, I should spend all my time there. If Jordan's really good at something else, he should spend his time there. And if Leo's really good at something else, he spends his time there. Yeah. And so when Jordan needs my service, I go to him. When Leo needs Jordan's service, Leo goes to him. And then when I need something from Leo, I go to him and we go back and forth. If I can produce, you know, a hundred apples versus 50 oranges, but Jordan can produce a hundred oranges versus 50 apples, it makes sense that I spend the time doing the apples and he does the oranges. Right. If I, David Thompson, I'm going to sit down and try to create branding, it's going to look terrible because I'm not <laughs> creatively gifted. You know, the videos that I produce, they get the job done. They'll, they'll share the message. But when Jordan steps onto the scene and he creates a video, it has an artistic flair. It has an element of realism that I can't capture. The lighting is done in a way that's just awe-inspiring. And, and I haven't learned that. And it would take me 10 times as long to learn it because I don't have the passion and the desire. Yeah. But Jordan's great at that. Now, if Jordan wants to work on somebody's finances, well, he calls me because he says, this is what David loves to do. Yeah, and so we David. hand stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we hand this kind of stuff off to each other. And that's why it's so important. It's good. It's good. It's okay to, to learn the invoicing and to make sure you have a good hand on every piece of the business at the beginning. But over time, you want to be an expert. And that's where things really make the most sense uh, in a free economy. As long as there's no barriers to trade, get your production up in one specific thing so you can go yeah. into the marketplace and be the best at that. Yeah, and even though we're in, an, in a uh, really competitive market in Dallas-Fort Worth from financial advice to creative media design, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter. If you become the best, 
people are going to seek you out. And if you yeah. serve one person really well, if you make the best cake in the world and one person gets a bite of it, they're going to share that cake yeah. with somebody. Mm -hmm. If you make the best chocolate, this is funny. My wife and I went on a, on a chocolate tour of Dallas <laughs> this past weekend, and we went to the best chocolate makers all over Dallas. And, and some of them were just within a mile of each other. But they had enough clientele because they created unique specialty products mm. that people loved. And in each one of those shops, we went to four out of the six that were on our list. And it was a self-guided tour, but it was amazing. Uh, it was a chocolate tour. Of course, it was amazing. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it, 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 in every one of the places we went, it was unique. It was different. And in each place, we saw other customers that were repeat customers that were going back saying, oh, I come to this place every time. And I live in this other city. And when I'm in, when I'm in town, I go here. And it's because they've created that customer loyalty. That's your role as a business owner is to be the best chocolate maker, to be the best videographer, to be the best financial advice person. Uh, now, if you're in the financial space, we, I want you to be second best because Leo and I are first best. But <laughs> <laughs> so, Jordan, tell me, um, when you started this business, you said you did some work, you um, got some experience, and eventually you, you branched out. You, you just said, okay, it's time. You jumped in. Tell me about that. How did that happen? Uh, what what is some of the work that you did, and how did you think about the income? Did you figure out some passive income or anything else that helped you to jump in? Uh, share that with our listeners. Yeah, so um, all of the freelance work that I did in media, uh, that was second to my full-time job that I already had. So any of the extra money that I had could go towards purchasing equipment or to paying, That's smart. paying off any other things that I may have had to pay for. If you're a creative, a great way to make passive income is through stock photos or stock footage. And you can probably use stuff that you already have on hand, like uh, maybe you have a video of an American flag waving in the wind, and you can post that right before July 4th or Memorial Day, and you'll probably get some solid hits on it. And just follow those trends of uh, whatever is happening and pay attention to seasons. Um, posting a picture of a Christmas tree on a stock photo site would be great around Christmas time, but probably not so good. And August. You know? Right. Right. So pay attention to trends. Uh, that's really important as well as um, YouTube is a is a great way to make passive income right now. Um, you can utilize AdSense and monetize your videos. Um, if anything, YouTube could just be a learning experience. And that's really what it was for me. Um, I never made any money off YouTube, but I made a lot of videos and put them on on YouTube and learned a lot about making videos mm. from doing that. So yeah, that's great. That's great. Tell me about uh, the initial cost of starting your business. How did you figure out what equipment you needed? How did you go about purchasing that equipment? And how did you make those decisions? The reason I asked the question is because a lot of times when folks are going into business, they're thinking, okay, I need a certain amount of capital to start this business. They're looking at uh, potentially something to, to create products or maybe equipment. What were the things that you needed and how did you go about making a decision when it was time to actually spend money on those things and, and uh, move forward? Yeah. So at first, like I said, I, I went through a lot of internships and I got to become familiar with a few different types of cameras and uh, what people were using at the time and, and what uh, was best for that type of work. Because um, and not every camera is great for every type of job. And that comes into play with budget as well. You don't necessarily need a cinema camera for smaller projects, but then you might need something more than a DSLR if you're shooting commercial video all the time. I think it comes down to knowing what the core equipment you need is. And if you're going to make videos, you probably need a camera better than an iPhone, at least. Just to, just to be professional when you show up. But you don't necessarily need anything more than that. 
cameras have mics on board, you could maybe pick one up for 60 bucks. It's not a huge investment there. But everything else outside of that, like lighting, you could always just go next to a window or you could use a brick wall as a background instead of buying a backdrop. There's always alternatives that you can use to stay within your budget. And as long as you have the core piece of equipment you need, I think that you could pretty much get anything done up until then with uh, that bare minimum. When you're starting your business, you've got to stay scrappy. You have to you have to be ready to put in the extra work. Yeah. Uh, especially if you don't have the capital up front. If you don't have a huge emergency fund set aside, or I guess even a, a slush fund to buy equipment, well then maybe you do start with the iPhone to learn how the look and feel of videos are before you go purchase that first Canon or that first Sony mm-hmm. or Nikon before you go to the next level up. Uh, same with a website. You build a free website online. And you get a few hits, you get a few clicks, you hide, you hide the hyperlink inside of some other words when you email it out. So it doesn't look like this long, goofy, free email (laughs) or, you know, free website, you know, you, you, you're scrappy because you don't have the extra margin yet. But if you serve a few people really well, now you've earned a little bit of cash, you can get out and you can go buy the website and then you've earned a little bit of cash, you can go buy the camera, you've earned a little bit of cash, you can buy the computer to do the accounting work that you need to do. You can buy right. the specialized yeah. calculator, you, you know, whatever your industry is, it's okay to start out relational and scrappy and small and fight for every dollar. And, and it's okay, you don't need the best equipment in the world. Find that core equipment. I like what Jordan said, find the core equipment that you do need for the job. But take some time before you buy that specialized equipment, yeah, because if you can be sure. creative instead of crazy <laughs> and, and people go crazy with that saying, oh, if I just have this one thing, then then my client is going to love the product even better. And right. most of the time, the client doesn't even realize the difference. Uh, a lot of times we become so specialized that we know something's missing, mm-hmm. but the client doesn't even know. And so, you know, if I'm looking at a financial calculator, I can go do some pretty basic calculations with somebody and help them build a budget and begin to get out of debt and look at their retirement. And it's very simple and they get a lot out of it. But I personally know of a thousand other calculations I could do with them that would impact their life, but they don't need all that the first time around. Yeah, so right. I don't need to go invest in this specialized software. I don't need to go invest in this other product until the time is right. And so just be aware of that. So another alternative to purchasing your equipment would be to rent it. And I think that you just have to do the math on this. If you think that renting will be cheaper than buying in the end, and you only need this special item for one job and it costs $1,000, it's probably not worth purchasing unless you're going to need that piece of equipment for 10 more jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, So you could always look into renting and typically it's pretty cheap and you can get it mailed to you next day if you want and it'll show up at your door. So that's great. Yeah. So that brings up a question that one of my friends asked me, and that is, is it okay to purchase equipment for your business on credit? Mm, That's a good question, isn't it, David? Um, Yeah. So this is a this is a question on whether you should go into debt. And I think we've covered it, but I do want to specifically address that question because many business owners feel like the only way they can get their business off the ground is with debt. Mm -hmm. They don't have the initial money to get started and they think this is a win-win i know this is going to work yeah. i'm going to work my tail off so yes i'm going to put this twenty thousand dollars on a credit card <laughs> and in three months i'm going to be able to pay it off because i'm going to make three times that and the reality is that no one knows the future so here's how i would answer that question don't take any chances you don't need to mm. right so why put yourself in a situation that you don't need to be so for instance this friend of yours 
let's say, wants to purchase an equipment and they don't have the, the money right now and they want to borrow it. If they borrow it, even if they have a job lined up, and hopefully they do, let's say they have yeah. a job lined up, that job is going to, let's say, net $2,000 and they need to buy this equipment. It's going to be 1500 mm-hmm. So they go ahead and purchase it. They start this project. What if the project is postponed? What if it's canceled? Yeah. You know, anything can happen. So getting into debt uh, without a sure way of knowing how to pay it, not a good idea, especially yeah. when you're in a situation where you don't have the money. You need the money from this job. So it sounds like something that you probably don't need to do. Although I'm not opposed to people borrowing for a situation like that, I, I would want more security. Yeah. And what I would want is to have some money aside, like an emergency fund, so that if this thing does fail, which hopefully it doesn't, mm-hmm. there's a good chance it won't, but if it right. does... I have security. Right, I know right. I can pay it off. Maybe I can take the equipment, sell it for you know a quarter of the price or half the price, but at least I'm not going to go away owing on a equipment that I can't even use because the job's no longer there or I right. didn't get paid. And you don't know if the customer's going to pay you. No, yeah, you just true. have to assume the worst, but plan for the best. Yeah, right. Yeah, because it just doesn't make sense to to get into that. And I just I just want to say this to our audience: it's never a good idea to take risks that you don't need to take. It's okay to wait. It's okay to save. It's okay to wait for the right time to buy the right equipment. We just talked about that. And whether you're starting a business and need money for uh, the capital to start the business or for equipment or renting space, whatever it is, it's okay. Like like David said, it's okay to be scrappy. It's okay to do yeah. stuff from home. It's okay to do stuff on the cheap. I do think that most creatives can find a way to do something much cheaper and by the way, I think the one distraction that I know I had early on when I started my business was thinking that if I had better equipment, I could do better content. Mm, okay. And it honestly it does not. Your content is your content. Yeah. If you're good, you're good. It doesn't yeah. matter whether you're using an iPhone or using a $600 camera. Yep. It's going to be the same content. Sure, one may look better than the other, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you've noticed, but when I look at YouTube videos, I don't judge their quality. <laughs> I judge the content. I look and say, am I learning something from this video? Is this person teaching me something that I don't already know? And I don't care about the quality. Sure, if it's not legible, I can't understand it, it's noisy, yeah, I'm probably not going to like it. But if it's clean, the sound is decent, and it gives me good content, it's good enough. So just keep that in mind. Don't think expensive. Don't think the best of the best to start off with. Start with what you can and build over time. And Try to avoid that as much as you can, because that's just going to eat into your profit in the future. Why, yep. why give your profit away? Yeah, I love what Leo said about surety, because if you don't have a sure way to pay that debt, then there's a really good chance it's going to come back to bite you. So get yeah. creative on this. Uh, you know, if somebody has offered to pay you to do a job, let's say it's simple, like just pressure washing the outside of a building or the concrete, and mm-hmm. you don't own a pressure washer and they cost $200, instead of just going into debt $200 to buy one, Offer for the business owner to do a down payment, a cash advance on how much they're going to pay you for that job. Maybe they give you $100 up front. You pay $100 towards the pressure washer. You go into debt $100. But if you ever had to sell that pressure washer, you could get $100 back out of it and be out of the debt. So be creative. Be thinking of ways to have a sure way to pay that debt off and Mm -hmm. not get into a place where you're in trouble. Yeah. So I think that that's a great way to wrap up episode one. Uh, We're also going to move into a second episode on small businesses. So, Leo, will you close this out? Absolutely. And I just want to thank Jordan for being with us today. And uh, thank you, our audience, for joining us for this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate 
review, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play so that it's easier for more people to find and benefit from it. We would love a five-star review if you enjoy the show. You can also share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. And while you're there, find us, follow us, engage us in a conversation, and help us help you become better at managing your personal finances. You can find the show notes for this episode and more content and resources at leosabo.com. We look forward to having you join us next time so that together we We can can keep keep getting money right. Your brand is a promise to the consumer. So you want to make sure that your brand is clean, it communicates who you are, that it's consistent across all platforms from your website to social media, your emails, and any products that you put onto the marketplace.